0: Well, 40 years ago, uh, when Donna and I were first called to uh, serve a church, our call was to northern Minnesota, and in short order, we found out about a Scandinavian dish in Minnesota called lutefisk. (laughs) Some of you are nodding knowingly because you know that lutefisk is a jello-like fish dish that has a somewhat strong and pungent odor. Well, I might say a rancid and foul-smelling odor. Lutefisk may taste good to some people, but it smells absolutely terrible. Well, there were once these two uh, guys up in northern Minnesota, Ole and Lars, who heard that the Pope was going to be passing through their town. And they were really excited about this, but they were kind of entrepreneurial, so they decided what they were going to do is that they were going to make a batch of lutefisk, set up a couple of tables, and sell lutefisk to the crowds that would be on the side of the road as the Pope went by. And they were also hoping maybe, just maybe, they might get a blessing from the Pope as he came by. So they show up the day of the uh, procession, and uh, Lars says to Oli, says, Oli says, I think I'm going to go up on the hill up there. There's a big crowd of people up there. I'm going to take my table and my lutefisk up there and sell it up there. And Oli said, well, I'm going to go down the hill here to that spot down there. So they kind of go their separate ways. And Lars is up there on the hill selling his lutefisk. And he looks down at where Oli is, and he sees the mobile coming down the road. And the mobile stops right in front of where Oli is. And the Pope gets out of the Pope Mobile, walks up to where Ollie is, and he goes like this, and then he turns around and he gets back in the Pope Mobile and drives off. Lars is so excited. He runs down to Oli and he says, Ollie, Ollie, he says, you got a blessing from the Pope. And Ole says, well, I'm not sure if I did or not. What happened is the Pope came out, looked at my Ludafisk, and said, get that stuff out of here and get it out of here right now. (laughs) Does life ever feel that way to you? You know, you hope for a blessing, but instead you got something altogether different. You wanted a gain, but you got a loss. You wanted consistency, but you got change. You wanted good, but it seemed like bad came your way. And when this happens, the danger is that instead of enjoying life, you just start enduring life. And that's not life as God intended it to be. That's why I'm excited today to start this new series of messages based on the book of Philippians called Life as It Was Meant to Be. You know, the book of Philippians is a uh, very practical book. It deals with a lot of problems that all of us face. And it's also a very positive book. When the Holy Spirit wrote the book of Philippians through the Apostle Paul, The Holy Spirit chose to use the word joy, rejoice, be glad, 17 different times in that book. The book of Philippians is really a handbook on the joyful Christian life, on living life as it's really meant to be. So in this series, we're going to be looking at topics like You can enjoy people. You can enjoy life. You can conquer complaining. You can overcome stress. You can see God meet your every need. You can be a difference maker. You can be changed for the better. These are just some of the topics we'll be looking at in this series. It's life as it was meant to be. Now, you won't be surprised to know that as we begin this series on life as it was meant to be, we start off with this topic. You can enjoy people. Because friends, if your relationships are bad, life is going to be bad. If your relationships are stressed, you're going to be stressed if you haven't learned how to enjoy people you're not going to be able to enjoy life because life is made up of what people so in this uh uh message today you're going to see that the holy spirit starts off the book of philippians by having paul write to the church in Philippi about how to enjoy people. You know, a number of years ago, the comedian Woody Allen made a very honest confession when he said this. He said, I love humanity. It's just people I can't stand. You ever felt that way? Sure, you've had times when you've felt that way. So what does it take to enjoy people, not just endure them, but really enjoy them? Well, here. Through the Apostle Paul, the Holy Spirit spells out four ways to enjoy people. Here are four ways you can learn to enjoy people in your life. We see this in the first 11 verses of the book of Philippians. So would you now open up your Bible to Philippians chapter 1, and we're going to look today at verses one to 11. You also want to get out your message notes from your worship folder. Get something to write with. Uh, You're going to want these notes. I promise you you'll use these notes in the days to come. So fill in the blanks. Here is the first step you need to take in order to enjoy people in your life, not just endure them. If you want to enjoy people in your life, be grateful for the good in people. Be grateful for the good in people. Look at what the Holy Spirit through Paul wrote to the church in Philippi in verses 1 through 3. Paul starts off. Paul and Timothy, servants of Jesus Christ, to all the saints, or the believers, in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and deacons, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God every time I remember you. Now, these words are especially significant if you will remember what happened to the Apostle Paul when he started this church in the town of Philippi. When Paul was there, he was arrested illegally he was whipped, he was beaten, he was humiliated, he was thrown in jail. While he was in jail, this great earthquake hit, and after the earthquake, he was asked to leave town. Paul had a tough time in Philippi, and yet, when he wrote back to them, he said, I thank my God every time I remember you. Paul had a commitment to be grateful for the good in people. He could have dwelt on the negative. He could have kept pondering the painful memories. He could have complained about the conditions and the treatment that he received. But instead, he said, I'm going to remember the good things about people. I'm going to focus on the good times we had. I'm going to think about the positive experiences. Paul was able to enjoy people in his life because he practiced an important people principle. And I'm going to give you this important people principle right now. Write it on your notes. Here's how it goes. If you want to enjoy people, when it comes to people, remember the best and release the rest. Remember the best and release the rest. Say it with me. Remember the best and release the rest. I'm not saying to you that you should deny the hurt you've experienced at the other at a, the hands of another person that you should pretend that it never happened. I'm not saying to you that you shouldn't set some healthy boundaries in your life. I'm not saying that at all. But what I'm saying to you, if you have been hurt by another person, sooner or later, you need to let go of it. You need to let it go or it will eat you alive. You need to make a decision by the grace of God, working through the love of Jesus Christ, to remember the best and release the rest. And granted, you may have some people in your life with whom this seems absolutely impossible. But I want you to remember that with God, nothing is impossible. Look on your message notes. 1 Corinthians 3, 16 and 17 says this. Love does not rejoice at the wrong, but rejoices in the right. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. This is just the way Jesus Christ treated you when he bore your sins on the cross, when he endured your failures and the hurt you brought to him and to other people. He loved you. He forgave you. He carried your sin on the cross And as a forgiven child of God, how did he ask you to pray? Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Remember the best. Release the rest. And if you want to enjoy people, not just endure them, not only do you need to practice being grateful for the good in other people, you also need to as you're grateful for the good in other people, you need to practice positive praying. Be grateful for the good in people and practice positive praying. Notice what Paul says in the next verse in Philippians chapter 1, verse 4. Paul says, In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy. You know, the quickest way to change a relationship from bad to better... It's to start praying positively for that other person. Start praying positively for them, thanking God for them. When you start doing that, sooner or later, two things will happen. Two things will change. Number one, your attitude toward that person will change. And number two, sooner or later, that person will change. So I want to dare you. I just kind of issue a challenge to you. I dare you to take that person at work or in your neighborhood or in your family or maybe even in your church that rubs you the wrong way. When you're around them, it's kind of like sucking on a sour apple lollipop. And I want to dare you to start Praying for that person, thanking God that in His sovereignty and love for you, He has allowed that person into your life. And just start praying for them and watch what happens. God will work a miracle. It's interesting that people can resist our advice, they can spurn our appeals, they can blow off our suggestions. They can refuse our help, but they are powerless against our prayers. And here are four things God wants you to pray for when it comes to other people. Paul prayed for these same four things in this section from Philippians. Look at these four things. You'll see them in verses 9 to 11. So go to 9 to 11 verses 9 to 11, and you can write these four things on your notes, and you're going to want to because this will become your prayer list for that person or persons that you're thinking about as I'm preaching this sermon. Okay, here we go. Number one, pray that they will grow in love. Pray that they will grow in love. Look at verse 9 in your Bible. Paul said, and this is my prayer that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. So pray that they will grow in love. Secondly, pray that they will make wise decisions, that they will make wise decisions. Look at the first part of verse 10 in your Bible. So that you may be able to discern what is best. Pray that they will make wise decisions. Thirdly, pray that they will do the right thing, that they will do the right thing. The second part of verse 10 says, and may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ. And fourthly, pray that they will honor God, that they will honor God. The next verse, verse 11 says, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Pray that they will grow in love. Pray that they will make wise decisions. Pray that they will do the right thing. And pray that they will honor God. Make this your prayer list when it comes to praying for problematic people in your life. And watch what God will do. You can trust God to answer your prayers because these four things are His will for their life. If you want to enjoy a person, not just endure them, be grateful for the good in that person. Practice positive praying. Here's the third thing. If you want to enjoy people, be patient with their progress. Be patient with their progress. The Apostle Paul enjoyed people because Paul, listen to this, he not only looked at their past, and he not only looked at their present, he constantly was looking to their future to their potential in the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, You uh, can just see this very clearly in verses five and six in Philippians chapter one. So go back where we left off, verse five. Paul writes to the people in Philippi, because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, past and present. Now he jumps to the future. Being confident of this, That he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion in the day of Jesus Christ or Christ Jesus. In essence, what Paul was saying was this. Write it on your notes. What God starts, God finishes. What God starts, God finishes. This is true for you and it's true for people around you. I think every person if I could have it in my way, and I can't, and that's a good thing, but if I could have it my way, every person would wear this sign around their neck. Put that sign up if you would. Under construction, because we are. That's all of us are under construction right now. God isn't finished with you yet. He isn't finished with us yet. What God starts God finishes. John 1 verse 12 says this about Jesus and those who follow him by faith. Look at your notes. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Circle that word become in that verse. The Christian life is not a one-time shot, bam, there you are instantly mature in Christ. The Christian life is a process of becoming, and that means the only way to enjoy people is to be patient with their progress, to allow them to grow and develop, to trust that what God starts, God finishes. This is true for you in your life right now. It's true for people in your life right now. It's true for Mission Liberty Hill. What God starts, God finishes. And notice the first four words in verse 6 in Philippians chapter 1. Look at the first four words in verse 6. Paul says, being confident of this, God wants us to believe in the transforming power of Jesus Christ to change people and to change situations and circumstances. He wants us to believe in the reality that in Jesus Christ, no person, no situation is hopeless so that we are willing to trust God, pray and wait. Yes, if you want to enjoy people, be grateful for the good in them, Pack. Practice positive praying. Be patient with their progress. And finally, love people from the heart. You've got to love people from the heart. Look at what Paul said in the next few verses in Philippians chapter one, verses seven and eight. Paul says, it is right for me to feel this way about all of you since I have you in my heart. For whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. In verse 8, would you circle in your Bible the word affection? You might be interested to know in the original Greek that word affection that is used here. Is actually the Greek word for intestines for intestines that's why the King James version of verse 8 Paul says I long for you with all the bowels of Jesus Christ now I don't want to gross you out But in the first century Greek world, the Greeks actually thought that the center of emotions was right here in the stomach, in the intestinal organs. We say, I love you with all my heart. In essence, they would say, I love you with all my liver. (laughs) But it meant the same thing. What Paul was saying here was this, I have a gut feeling for you people. It's an intense love that makes me love even the unlovable. As he said in verse 7, since I have you in my heart. You know, if you really want to enjoy people, you've got to love people from the heart. I've discovered in my own life, if people aren't on my heart, They're on my nerves. (laughs) It's just the way it works. They're not on my heart. They're on my nerves. Do you want to know why so many marriages are crumbling today? It's because husbands and wives stopped relating to one another heart-to-heart, started relating to one another head-to-head. you want to know why a lot of churches in America are declining today? It's because the people in that church relate to one another, react to one another with their head instead of with their heart. Love one another from the heart. And I'll tell you right now, this is not a natural kind of love. It is a supernatural kind of love. And that's why Paul said in verse 8, I long for you with all the affection of who? Christ Jesus. It's only when you are in a relationship with Jesus Christ who paid the price for your sins gave his all for you upon a cross sacrificed himself so that he could extend grace to you that you are truly able to extend that same kind of grace and love to people around you even people who seem unlovable to you. It says, Romans 5, verse 5 says on your notes, and hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit, whom he has given to us. What is this scripture saying here? It is saying this it is saying that the kind of love that God talks about the kind of love that leads you to enjoy people, the kind of love that truly comes from the heart is not the kind of love that you can dig up from within yourself. The kind of love that says, I'm going to love that person even if it kills me. I'm going to do it. That's trying to dig it up from within yourself. The kind of love God's talking about here is the kind of love that's poured out upon you through a personal faith relationship with Jesus Christ. And when that happens, you're able to love people from the heart and you can enjoy people. I want to close by telling you a story of three men who were going to be executed by the guillotine. A Frenchman, an Englishman, and an American. The Frenchman was brought up first. He was asked if he wanted to wear a hood. He said no. He was brave and did not need a hood. So they laid him down on the guillotine, face up, neck on the block. He stared bravely up at the blade that was about to drop. They pulled the rope, and the blade did not drop. The executioners assumed that this was a sign from God, an act of God, and they let the Frenchman go free. Now they repeated the process for the Englishman. He was asked if he wanted the hood. He, too, refused it, was laid face down on the guillotine, looked up at the blade, the rope was pulled, and again the blade did not fall. The executioners assumed that this, too, was an act of God, and they set him free. Now it was the Americans' turn do you want the hood, he was asked. No, he said, I'm just as brave as those other two guys. So they laid him down, face up on the guillotine, neck on the block. He's looking up at the blade. They are about to pull the rope, and right before they pull the rope, he says, wait, you guys, I think I see the problem with your guillotine. (laughs) The problem with us Americans when it comes to relationships is we are fix-it kind of people. It's just in the American spirit. And whenever we go around trying to fix other people, we just end up getting hurt. Fixing other people is not your department. It's God's department. Only He can do that. So... What God wants you to do is just enjoy other people. Therefore, I ask you, even with the most difficult people in your life, will you be grateful for the good in people? Will you practice positive praying? Will you be patient with their progress and love them from the heart? If you say no to that question, then I just say to you, get that stuff out of here and get it out of here right now. And instead, allow Jesus Christ, who loved you and gave himself for you, who loves you every day from the heart, who every day is patient with your progress, who every day practices positive praying intercedes on your behalf before the Heavenly Father who believes the best in you. Allow that love of Jesus to so transform you that you can experience life as it was meant to be in Jesus Christ, with Jesus Christ you truly can enjoy people. Let's stand for closing prayer. Lord Jesus, thank you for speaking not just to our heads this morning, but to our hearts. You lived, you died, you rose again, so that as your Easter people, we might experience life as it was meant to be. You showed your saving love for us on the cross. So we welcome you and your love in our lives today as we trust in you alone as our personal Savior. Please pour out your love into our hearts and into our relationships so that we can be and we can give a blessing to our family, our church, our community, and our world. Help us to be grateful for the good in people, to practice positive praying, to be patient with people's progress and to love them from the heart that our joy might be in you and our joy might be complete. In your heart-transforming, life-transforming name, we pray the name of Jesus and God's people said, Amen.